Section 4 of Anthropology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anthropology. Book 1 by Immanuel Kant. Translated by Adolf Ernst Kroger. Section 4. 7 concerning sensuousness as opposed to the understanding in regard to the condition of my representations my mind is either active and exhibits a faculty facultus or it is passive and consists in receptivity receptivitas a knowledge contains both and the possibility to have such a knowledge is called the faculty of cognition which it derives from the chief part of that faculty to wit the activity of the mind to connect or separate representations representations in regard to which the mind remains passive and by which the subject is therefore affected no matter whether it affects itself or is affected by an object belong to the sensuous but those which contain a mere doing thinking belong to the intellectual faculty of cognition the former is also called the lower and the latter the upper faculty of cognition the former has the character of passivity of the inner sense of sensations the latter that of spontaneity or apperception namely of pure consciousness of the act which constitutes the thinking and which belongs to logic a system of the rules of the understanding as the former belongs to psychology which includes all our internal perceptions under our natural laws and is the basis of internal experience remarks the object of the representation which contains only the manner in which i am affected by it and all experience or empirical cognition internal as well as external is a cognition only of the object as it appears to us and not as it is considered by itself for in that case it is not merely the quality of the object of the representation but also that of the subject and its receptivity which determines the kind of the sensuous contemplation that produces our conception of the object the formal quality of this receptivity cannot be borrowed again now from the senses but must be given a priori as a contemplation that is to say it must be a sensuous contemplation which remains although all empirical elements involving sensations are abandoned and this formal part of contemplation in internal contemplations is called time but since experience is empirical cognition and since cognition based as it is upon judgment requires reflection and hence consciousness that is activity in putting together the manifold of a representation according to a rule of its unity or in other words requires conception and thinking as distinct from contemplation 
consciousness in general must be divided into a discursive consciousness which must precede because being logical it fixes the rule and intuitive consciousness the former the pure apperception of our mental acts is simple the ego of the reflection involves no manifold and is in all judgments always one and the same because it contains merely this formal part of consciousness whereas inner experience contains its material part and a manifold of empirical inner contemplation the ego of the apprehension i as a thinking being am certainly one and the same subject that i am as a sensuous being but as an object of inner empirical contemplation namely in so far as i am affected internally by sensations in time as they may be together or following each other i cognize myself after all only as i appear to myself and not as a thing in itself since it depends upon the condition of time which is not a conception of the understanding and hence not pure spontaneity and hence upon a condition in regard to which my perceptive faculty is passive thereby belonging to receptivity hence i cognize myself through inner experience always only as i appear to myself a phrase which is often maliciously perverted so as to signify quote, it only seems to me mihi videri that i have certain representations and sensations nay that i even exist End quote. for seeming is the ground for an erroneous judgment from the subjective causes that are falsely held to be objective whereas appearance is no judgment at all but merely an empirical contemplation which becomes inner experience and hence truth by reflection and the conception of the understanding resulting therefrom the cause of these errors is that the words inner sense and apperception have generally been considered by psychologists to be equivalent although the former ought to designate only a psychological or applied and the latter simply a logical or pure consciousness now the fact that the former allows us only to cognize ourself as we appear is proved by this that apprehension of the impressions of the former presupposes a formal condition of the inner contemplation of the subject namely time which is not a conception of the understanding and hence is valid only as a subjective condition how inner sensations can be made known to us this remark does not belong in point of fact to anthropology in that science appearances that are united by laws of the understanding are experiences and hence no questions are asked concerning the manner of perceiving things as they are in themselves without regard to their relation to the senses since such an investigation belongs to the science of metaphysics which has to deal with the possibility of cognition a priori 
but still it was necessary to go back so far even had it been only to repudiate the errors of speculative minds in this respect and since the knowledge of men through inner experience is of great importance because he judges others by it and yet also of greater difficulty since a self-observer instead of merely observing the self-consciousness of another adds much to it it is advisable and even necessary to begin with observed phenomena and only then to progress toward the assertion of axioms which concern the inner nature of man namely toward internal experience end of section four